Where's your invitation? What are you going to wear? What do you have to say for yourself? For the kingdom of God is like, and if you've been with us for the last two weeks, this is the third of a three-part series on the kingdom of God is like. Last week, we, we, we got a, a, kingdom, a kingdom vision. The week before, we got a kingdom vision, and here we have it again. This section of Matthew is used a lot to describe what God has tried to tell us throughout history of the kingdom. We had the two sons, I go and no go. I go who doesn't and no go who does. And we got the wicked tenants and they keep the grapes for themselves. So today is part three. Each part stands on its own, but today we get both the community and the personal. The king, the royal wedding, and there, nobody does royal weddings better than Anglicans. <laughs> it's just our thing. But we get the royal wedding. He makes an invitation. The, the, the Eastern weddings would be several days long, and the highlight would be the social activity of the year. And the banquet is the climax of those festivities. Royal weddings, wow. Royal weddings would last for a week or more. And the banquet is known about in advance. It's a high honor to be invited, and people would be boasting about their own invitation. People, no doubt, had said that they would come. The feast is prepared, and the servants are sent to call the people. Well, here it gets interesting. The people reject the invitation, and with the time to come to attend, people reject the servants. Well, this is outrageous. People are rejecting an invitation to the king's banquet that they originally had accepted, and they're just too busy to go. This is a major insult. The king is baffled. And he thinks maybe his own servants didn't quite make it clear that, come now, come now. So he sends more servants. And these servants make a second call to the people to come. And those invited have mistreated and killed the king's servants. Now the insult turns to a criminal act. Wait a minute. The invited guests kill the servants of the king over an invitation to join a party? The audience in front of Jesus knew exactly what this meant. This is a no ordinary story. For those invited for God's, for God, into God's purposes, his plan is for the Jews. This whole parable or story is about the kingdom of the Jews, of Israel, the nation of Israel, and his chosen people. It's his plan, it's his banquet. So, the servants are sent, they're the prophets, who in ages past carried the invitation of God for his people to join him in celebration of their relationship with God, and join in the feast and the common theme, which is in God's testament. Those who rejected were punished. The king destroys those who reject. In anger, the king sends out his army to kill the people. The people are killed for their action against the king, and their city is burned. But wait, says the hearers, isn't that exactly what happened to us? Before the Assyrians and the Babylonians and the Philistines, 
We rejected God and we were killed and our towns destroyed. So this parable is to remind us of history. The king then states that the original guests were unworthy. The guests that rejected the king are no longer worthy of the invitation. They set themselves up for destruction and the people rejected an invitation that was not based on worth, was not based on worth or ability, but rather on the grace of the king. Now, here is Jesus telling those who are holding the original invitation from God what will happen to them as a result of their rejection of God. The new guests will be invited. Well, the king then sends out servants, and the servants go out to the highways and call people, invite everyone they meet to the banquet. Both good and bad, we're told. None of the guests were invited because of their conduct or their position. These new servants are the apostles and the disciples of Jesus. The new invitation is to join in the celebration of a new fellowship with God. For those who are hearing this for the first time in G from Jesus are now putting the building blocks together to say, oh, darn. The wedding hall is filled. The king fills the hall with these people and they accepted the invitation and they will gain the reward of the king's grace. And if we just put a period there, everything is good, isn't it? But Jesus goes on. One guest, one guest was an intruder. Not some party crasher, not some ha-ha thing, uh, like what was it, the wedding crashers or some movie that we had in the past. Not fun. There is a general invitation. And the general invitation requires some things to happen. The improper attire, a strong sign of respect. Poor would, poor, would not own these fine clothes. That's okay, because the custom of the host is to make provision for dress. Sometimes it's just a colored sash signifies inclusion. It also signifies obedience. And there is no excuse. You know, you've recently, the weddings have certain themes, color themes, and everyone wears purple or pink or yellow or orange or whatever. Or, have you ever been to some gathering where when you hit the front door, they check your invitation or your, your ID and they put a little orange wristband on or stamp the back of your hand to say that you've gone through the right door? If you're found in the concert hall without the stamp or without the armband, you're an intruder. Here's an intruder. The king confronts him. Right? You're here eating my food, but wait a minute. You're not properly dressed. Again, don't think of this as a, you know, he's not wearing a blue Armani. He's just not properly dressed. He doesn't have the obedience of wearing the color of the day. So he confronts him. He calls him friend, and that's an interesting part. He says, friend, how did you get in here? There's no prejudgment. But there is the question. In calling him friend, he doesn't put him down at all. He says, did he not get the wedding garment when he came in? Well, maybe, you know, 
Like for, like for me, there wasn't one my size, sir. Uh, or they were out of armbands. Or I had it, but I took it off. I didn't want to be hindered or restricted in movement. We don't know. We don't know. But he was caught without it on, not conforming to the expectation of a party participant. He has no answer, and he's expelled. He's asked for a reason, and that's a sign of grace from God. But the man is speechless. He has no reason, and the king calls him to task. The king calls the servants, the servants give, who gave the invitation. Now the invitation is withdrawn, and the man is bound to prevent him from resisting or even returning to the wedding, and no further disruption is allowed. The intruder, now get this, the intruder is cast out, thrown into darkness, the highest form of punishment known by all in the community, weeping and gnashing of teeth, the fullness of suffering due to separation. So our takeaway from this one, this last of three parables of the kingdom of God. Jesus invites everyone to the banquet. No one deserves the invitation. It's not based on merit or ability. It's an act of grace and mercy, and everyone is to be included. No one will be denied. All are welcome. We must accept the invitation, the eternal celebration in the house of the king. That is open invitation. Jesus sends his servants, the preachers, the teachers, the evangelists, mothers, fathers, grandparents. He sends his servants, and we are to deliver this royal invitation, and we're to assist the king to bring people into the house. And you have to go to the community to do that. Rejecting God brings on separation. First, there's mortal separation, the here and now. Here we are separated from God's blessing and presence here right now. And we cannot be for God and against him at the same time. We cannot be with God when we reject him. Life with God is much better than life without him. Life with life that is worth living, when God is for us and who can stand against us, we will have an abundant life. With God, they're the invitation to the Jewish people through Christ. But they rejected him, mistreated him, and finally killed him. Then there's eternal separation. When we reject God now, we will not be with him later. This is the fullness of separation, complete in every single way. This will last forever and always, and we get too busy to answer when God calls. He does not want us, want that anyone, anyone, the reason for the invitation God extends an invitation of grace and love, and he doesn't want anyone to reject it, but he allows us to. And finally, intruders will be cast out. Guests must act like guests. When we come to God, it must be on his terms. He's given the invitation. We cannot approach God without, with our own agenda. We would not have the right attire if we did. We would not be showing respect if we did. This is worse than not accepting the invitation at all. Those who approach God 
in disrespect and self-centeredness in their attitude will not be staying. They will be cast out. We're not worthy to be at the king's banquet. No one can earn a place or deserve the invitation. God does so by his grace and his grace alone. We're not worthy to dine with the king. That's the beauty of the offer because it's more than we deserve. Our prayer just before receiving communion reminds us that we are not worthy on our own merit, but only through God's grace and mercy can we even approach his altar to receive his body. So the ending questions, have you accepted the invitation of the king? Are you aware that he's invited you? If you're here, most likely you have. Are you too busy for God right now? Are you sure you want to be too busy for God? Do you have the high attitude, to, excuse me, do you have the right attitude to enter into the kingdom? It's time to set the record straight in our own minds and our hearts and decide what your answer will be. The place is here, the time is now. You have the invitation. Friend, the Lord is waiting. Amen.